what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and we are in championship weekend, divisional championship weekend, and I got on the line, tee up, tee up, are you there? Oh, I'm here, I'm alive, and I'm ready for championship weekend. Let's fucking do this. LFG, let's fucking go, my friend, tee up, and it's been a minute, um... I can't believe it, man. We are going into the end of July. Well, not end of July, but like mid... I'm not even saying... I'm tripping. I'm saying July. Mid-January, and we are almost into February. We are almost into Miami. And with that being said, there is one lone team in the NFC West, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. Now... Uh, the Packers and the Seahawks, they played last week, and uh, it, was a, it was a close one. Uh, it was a divisional round. I believe it was 27 to 23. Uh, don't quote me on that. So I don't have the stat sheet on me right now, but it was a close one. Seahawks, uh, they had their opportunities. Uh, they, they came up short to late. And, uh, you know, for those that did watch the game, uh, there's a little bit of, a, I won't say controversy, but there's, there's some frustration with some of the uh, – Decisions by Pete Carroll, um, punted. You know, with uh, I don't know under what three three thirty minutes to go. Um, Aaron Rodgers made a couple key throws at third down, and that's all she wrote. Um, the Seahawks had a great season. You know, obviously, um, you know, winning twelve. You know, going twelve and four, uh, making it real tough, uh, beating the Eagles and going to Lambeau Field to almost get to the NFC Championship, um, but they fell a little short. Conversely, the Niners hosted the Vikings. They had that bye week uh, thanks to securing the number one seed. And they, uh, honestly, they dominated the Lions' scrimmage. They did what they had to do. It wasn't uh, electric. Uh, There wasn't a lot of passing by Jimmy Garoppolo, but they dominated the run game. They got turnovers, and they came out 27-10. Now, Tia, before we go into the NFC Championship game... Uh, what are your thoughts about last week? I mean, you know, you don't have to talk too much about it, but I mean, what are your what are your thoughts about the, the Niners being the Vikings, and conversely, what are your thoughts about the Seahawks losing to the Packers? Because we have the Niners and Packers in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I thought you know my expectation going into the 49ers and Vikings game that you know Vikings coming off a solid win in New Orleans and then coming to San Francisco. I felt like they were carrying some momentum that they could, uh, you know, just keep riding that wave. Um, however, are you getting feedback? Nope, you're good, man. You're good. By the way, T-Up is in the car, by the way. He's, he's stuck in lovely uh, Southern California traffic, guys. Go on. Oh, yeah, you got to love it. Go on, T-Up. Um, but anyways, you know, I thought they were able to ride that wave. Uh, but coming into the game, like it just looked that it looked like Niners' defense was just so stifling. They they were able to move the pocket. They were able to disrupt Kirk Cousins' throws. DBs were able to sit nicely because the pass rush was doing pretty well. Overall, you know, if you just honestly, if you just throw away that one fluky TD, forty-one yard pass to Stephon Diggs, man, Niners played almost a nearly perfect game. And, uh, you know, just the front four alone, they combined for six sacks. And then now, strong running game. It was just uh, it was an overall dominated game. I know the score doesn't reflect it, but it, looked, it was pretty good. 
on that end. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo, he only had like 19 um, attempts, throwing attempts, but he didn't need a pass much because Niners, they were just up the whole time. You're right. I mean, honestly, when you're uh, when your running game is catching what four or five yards a carry, I mean, just run the damn ball, and that's exactly what happened in the second half. Yeah, and it, it was actually kind of the silver lining in that. It's like Shanahan; he was able to put the playbook away kind of in the third quarter. You know, he didn't have to show too much of his cards. So that's definitely a plus. And some of our players, uh, man, we're, we're Niners are definitely super healthy right now and it's very fun to watch we'll see what happens this upcoming week i mean so the packers beat the seahawks and you know it it was one of those things where the seahawks in seahawk fashion i mean the packers were doing a pretty good job for like a good three quarters of the game but you know dk metcalf marshawn lynch marshawn lynch had two touchdowns by the way but they found a way to stay in the game and they very much um could have made this a real interesting game. Like I said, it was 20, 20, 28 to 23. And, you know, if they converted the, the two-point conversion, it would have been a three-point game. Just a couple things uh, could have gone in the Seahawks' favor. I mean, what do you think of that game? Seahawks, that was, uh, I'm not going to lie, I missed it, but I did watch the highlights. Okay. You know, I felt... <laughs> I felt that Russell Wilson, like, he just played his game. And there was a moment in that third quarter where everyone kind of knew where this was going, that the Seahawks were going to come back. They they had that one uh, – Russell Wilson had that one throw to Tyler Lockett. Yep. I just thought they were – you know, this, this was the signature Seahawks comeback. But, unfortunately, they fell short. Uh, Green Bay, they – it looked like definitely a different team since last time they played San Francisco. So – you know, they actually—I don't think they lost a game since that. Nope. Game, if I'm not mistaken. Nope. I believe they've won six straight since then. They have not lost the game after going what 37, 37 to eight was the final score against the Niners. But ever since then, they've been playing pretty good football. Maybe not great football, but yeah. they've been playing winning football. You know. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was able to to get in rhythm, and Aaron Jones he was just just messing it through that uh, the uh, Seahawks and D. So, you know, it, 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 for Seahawks fans, you have to be happy because it was looking quite grim early in the season. And then they, they picked it up, and Russell Wilson started picking up momentum for MVP candidate. And in my opinion, he was one of the top-performing quarterbacks in the in the league this season. So, you know, something to hang their hat, their hat high on. But, you know, unfortunately, this is not their year. And having said that... It would have been nice. It would have been real interesting if the Niners and the Seahawks would have played in the NFC Championship game for round three. I'm not going to lie. It, it's a game where if that were to come, because the Seahawks were pretty damn close to, to making that happen. Um, if if I'm a Niner fan, that's something that I would not want. You know, mobile quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, notably a divisional op- uh, opponent. Uh, that would have been... Let me ask you this, T.O. Because this Niners-Packers game, the opening line right now is Niners favored by 7.5. Uh, do you think if the Seahawks had won and come out victorious, do you think the line would have been more than 7.5 or less than 7.5 against the Seahawks? And this is a, you know, uh, a Seahawks team with a number 5 seed. Uh, the Packers are with a number 2 seed. You get what I'm saying? But 
How, how do you, how, how would you see that? I think Vegas would probably put it at back to seven, back to where it was at. Okay. Um, from the from the last game, it actually it might be a little lower since they lost by um was it five points last game, right? Yeah, yeah. And then when they played the Niners, they were just a couple of inches away from um from beating the Niners and being the number one seed. Ironically, you know. I, yeah, for sure. So you know, it might actually be lower. And it's pretty interesting considering how good Green Bay is playing and then Vegas, they put the line at seven and a half, so more than the touchdown. It's, yeah. But Seahawks, I mean, I would have been scared to play Russell Wilson, wouldn't you? I am. I, I was even telling a couple of other friends going into to last week against the Vikings. I said that I prefer the Niners to play the Vikings just because... You know, obviously the Vikings weren't expected to beat the Saints, but that happened. You know, since they're the number six seed, they, they played the Niners. But uh, I do not want to see any more Russell Wilson because if the um, you know if the Vikings had lost like they were supposed to against the Saints, and the, since the Seahawks had beaten the Eagles, you would have had Niners against the, the Seahawks, and that's something where you know from a divisional perspective that would have made things really. Really interesting, uh, especially to, to play the same team uh, within like the last what three weeks. I mean, that would have been pretty crazy at, uh, of a game to watch. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, considering, I mean, just the way that Russell Wilson is able to, to extend plays beyond the intended play call, it's just it's, it's scary to watch, especially when you're watching from the other side. And, and speaking of, I mean, going into this postseason, I mean, shout out to the rookie. DK Metcalf, um, second round pick out of all Miss. I mean, he had seven catches for a buck sixty against the Eagles. He gave the the Niners a real hard time, uh, notably against Akella Witherspoon. Um, you know, the last matchup in Week Seventeen. I mean, you know, honestly, if they played the Niners again, I think it would have been a, a cause for concern. Uh, Marshawn Lynch obviously came up strong uh, with a couple of touchdowns against the Packers, but you know, back to back to that. That would be a, a very interesting matchup. Should have the cards turned in, in, in that manner, but it didn't. It didn't. So you have. But it did it. It didn't. It did not. Do you know, Justin? Justin, do you know why they did it? Why did it not? Why, why did this not happen? Because they did not protect the chickens. The chickens. Yeah, protected chickens. Yo, mentos. Yo, chickens. I get it. That's a that's a lesson learned from the great beast mode that is um, Marshawn Lynch. That's right. Protect the chickens. Protect y'all chickens. So let's go ahead. <laughs> We've been talking a little bit about the week before, but let's talk about the week ahead. Sunday, three forty p.m. Pacific Standard Time at Santa Clara. You're gonna have the San Francisco 49ers, thirteen and three regular season number one seed they are hosting the green bay packers 13 and 3 number two seed um but the outlier for this you know with the niners being favored by seven and a half over under 46 is the last time these two teams played the niners dominated them they had 37 points the packers had eight Uh, this was a game in which aaron Rodgers failed to complete a pass for over 10 yards uh, that's the first time that's ever happened in Aaron Rodgers' career. Uh, he had, I believe, like 110 passing yards. He was sacked six times. 
I mean, it was pretty effing ugly, right? And so, like we said before, since then, they've won six straights, and they are, you know, they, they deserve it. They've had some really cl- close wins, and their team has gotten better. But, you know, for round two, is this going to be a similar outcome? Or, you know, what do the Packers have on the second rematch? I mean, you know, the play calling. Let's talk about Let's talk about advantages. Like, what, where, where do you see the advantage for Green Bay? Let's try an offense. Okay, let's do that. So, to your point, tee up advantages for for the Green Bay Packers. Okay, so the one good thing that they have right now, um, you know, going to postseason is their top receiver Devontae Adams. He is playing at a very high, high level. Uh, last time they played against the Niners, he had like what six, seven catches for forty-two yards. He was rather contained. Um, you know, he had a couple of offsetting plays with, um, I believe, like unsportsmanlike conduct the first series against the, the Niners, and you know, he really couldn't get off to the right footing. But against the Seahawks, he had like what seven catches, one hundred eighty yards. I mean, he he dominated the Seahawks. He played his best game, um, arguably of the season, and. You know, in terms of momentum, I mean, yeah, momentum is a real thing going into the playoffs. So there's that on my end. What else do you see, T up? Um, I mean, I love Jimmy G. I love Jimmy G, but one glaring advantage is Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, future Hall of Famer. Can't, can't discount the discount double check. You know, I agree. You know, to your point. Uh, I don't think, well, we can get to predictions in a bit, but I don't think it's going to happen. But if this game were to be close in a Seahawks-Niners one possession down to the wire type of game, and you have Aaron Rodgers under center as the last man standing to drive down the field, I'd feel pretty damn good, man. Um, Aaron Rodgers in this offense, you know, th- this team, you know, they're, the receivers, they're not as good as they've been in years past. But they're a more well-balanced team, and Aaron Rodgers, when he needs to make the throws, he will make them and he will deliver them. Uh, that's what exactly what happened against Seattle, where you know under two minutes uh, they want to keep the ball in the field, and they converted third down after third down uh, to whether it's Jimmy Graham, Lazard, Adams, but he made he made it he made it happen. It wasn't uh, you know it wasn't big numbers like he's done in the past, but Aaron Rodgers in the clutch will be be clutch. Uh, converse, yeah, conversely, I'd say another thing that they might have going for them is this time around. Um, I think their offensive line is better. I don't think I don't know if it's going to be good enough against this Niners front four pass rush. But you know, you have Bakhtiari, Brian Beluga. He left last game and they got destroyed. Um, but Brian Beluga, he should be playing. Uh, they signed Jared Veld here uh, a couple weeks ago, and he played very well against the Seahawks uh, at right tackle. Elgin Jenkins, he's been really solid as a as a rookie guard. Uh, Lindsley at center. I mean, you know, the, this offensive line, it's not elite, but, you know, it's certainly better. It's in better shape than last time. Uh, so I think that it could be more of a challenge. Um, any other advantages for this? I won't say advantages, but any other positives uh, for the Packers to up? Yeah, I, I mean, the offensive line has been scoring pretty well, and they did pretty well against uh, Clowney and Puna Ford and, and all those big guys in Seattle. So if they're able to keep the pocket solid and protect 
they want to get the ball out. Like, I mean, that's definitely something to be concerned about. Another wrinkle. I don't think this is necessarily going to be a big thing, but you know, an interesting wrinkle. Um, I actually got this off the athletic, but you know, uh, their their kick returner. They picked him up off the practice squad from the Jaguars, Irvin Smith. Uh, you know, it, the last time they they played, they didn't really have too much of a kick return, punt return. It was pretty minimal in terms of uh, special teams, but. He's been a pleasant surprise the last couple of weeks, and they even had him on a couple of gadget plays, you know, uh, double reverse, putting him as a running back on some on some quick end arounds. And so, you know, a little bit of wiggle. Uh, I think that they can certainly diversify their offense, have some quicker throws to, to get the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand and challenge the linebackers for, for the Niners. I mean, you have a couple things. Uh, anything else to see up? I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to... I'm kind of biting my, my, my tongue right now. I mean, we're talking about advantages for the Packers. Yeah. They're, they're there, but, but you know, anything else up in mind about the Packers? Uh, let's talk about their defense. Let's talk about the two Smiths. So you got Zadarius Smith and you got Preston Smith. And, and both of them, obviously, they're good. Um, th- out of the two, the best one, I think, is Zadarius Smith. Uh, you know, 12 and a half sacks and... He's he's been having a monster season thus far. Uh, I'll, I'll be chal- uh, I'll be intrigued. You know, uh, Mike McGlinchey, Joe Staley. They're probably you know either or are gonna face the Smiths. And you know, last game you know, obviously it was a blowout, but there were stretches where Zadarius Smith was dominating the line of scrimmage, um, was getting pressure, was getting to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that you know when Aaron Rodgers turned the ball over the first time around, uh, the turnover game, a couple of quick scores, that kind of mitigated some of the pressure from the Smith brothers because you know Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to be forced to pass the ball as much. A lot more play action, a lot more running to kind of keep the pass rush at bay. Uh, but make no mistake, the Smith brothers can certainly bring the heat. Yeah. For sure. So, you know, don't doubt the pass rush. And as Zadarius was right, you think he got snubbed, and I do agree with that. Another thing about the, about the defense, too, um, they're cornerbacks. You have Jair Alexander, and you have Kevin King. Now, this is no Legion of Boom by any means, but they're, they're secondary. They're pretty damn lanky. I mean, you know, kind of similar to, um, you know, what the Niners are trying to do with their secondary, but they have some pretty tall, towering cornerbacks. And, you know, the Niners have gotten better uh, in in recent weeks, but, you know, their red zone remains a work in progress. Uh, they, they do struggle at times in the red zone. They've gotten better recently, but, you know, with towering cornerbacks like that, it makes things a little... A little bit more challenging for you know your Emmanuel Sanders, your Debo Samuels of the world, some shorter, quicker type of receivers. But you know, uh, defending the red zone might be a little bit tougher um, if you're in the Niners and trying to get some points in. Yeah, for sure. Anything else? All right, let's talk about yeah. what our list. No, let's talk about what our listeners are waiting for. And what is that? What is that to you? Right, let's talk about the Niners' advantages. Okay. Pick offense or defense. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Uh, I mean, <laughs> let's talk about the defense. Okay. Let's talk about our front four. Okay, so that this front four, 
This front four right now, last week, if you all saw the Vikings game, like I mentioned, six sacks. Two came from Bosa, one came from D Ford, one came from, from DeForest Buckner, one came from Zettel, uh, Armstead. It was a party, man. And for those that forgot, the last time the Packers and the Niners played, D Ford was not playing. So you're talking about a team that thrashed the Packers and they weren't even at full strength on the pass rush. I mean, dog, you saw what they did against the Vikings, let alone against the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers is very similar to Kirk Cousins where, you know, he's no spring chicken. He's no Russell Wilson. He's no Kyler Murray. Sure, he's nimble. uh, But, you know, uh, he's a sitting duck in the pocket. Uh, He's a little bit more mobile than perhaps Kirk Cousins. But, I mean, he can he can be had. He can be sacked. And I'm sure, you know, in obvious passing situations, you're going to have these Niner front four defensive ends and, and pass rushers, you know, with their ears tailed back and ready to go. So, I mean, you know, if I'm the Packers, and I actually heard this, that LaFleur was talking to uh, Rams head coach Sean McVay about, you know, possibly getting some tips defending this Niners pass rush, but, you know, you might see Aaron Rodgers in some more rollouts, you know, kind of keep him out of the pocket, evading pass rushers, but make no mistake, this pass rush right now is as good as it's going to be, as, it, as good as you're going to get in the NFL when it comes to a true, like, defensive effort from just four people. You don't need to blitz, you can, you can sit back, you can mix up the coverages, but if you get pressure from the front four, Everything else kind of falls in line. Yeah, for sure. I think one thing to that LaFleur could take away from opponents playing the 49ers is the quarterback bootleg. That's one, you know, one of a few effective plays where you can get positive yardage against the defense, especially against a, such a lead pass rush. Yeah, I mean, the skinny with this is if you roll them out, if you challenge the linebackers, if you stretch them out horizontally, uh, you know, if you extend the play. Aaron Rodgers, it's not his bread and butter. He likes to be in the shotgun, you know, in past years, but he's certainly capable of it. And I think he's going to have to do that, and he's going to have to do it very well against this, this Niners team. You know, to be honest, Aaron Rodgers has to have arguably one, one of the better games of his career if he's going to get by this, this pass rush, honestly, you know. Yeah, for sure. He's going to have to play a follow-up game. I mean, you have to play perfect against the 49ers team because they are one hell of a team right now. And that's the thing, too. And that's the thing, too. Even their secondary should be better than the last time around because you have Jaquiski Tart at a great safety at strong side, and he'll be in the mix. He's a little bit more rangy than Marcel Harris, and so you'll have him in the midfield. You'll have Richard Sherman, who's playing at an all-pro level. Um, I think from last week, Akella Witherspoon got benched in favor of Emmanuel Mosley. I'm in, I'm Team Mosley right now. I think he's playing um, starter caliber of football. I think that he should do a good job. Uh, but I think that it's going to be really interesting to see what the Niners are going to do in coverage because it, it's, it's pretty obvious who the go-to receiver is going to be for Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be, you know, of course, it's going to be Devontae Adams. You look at Lazard. They're number two. He's good. He's not great. Um, MVS, he kind of fell off. 
Alice said he, 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 he's there, but you're not really scared of these receivers outside of Adams. Jimmy Graham, obviously, he made a really nice catch on third down against the Seahawks, but, you know, he's kind of a shell of him form, uh, of his former self. Mercedes Lewis, he's a tight end, but he's more of a blocking tight end. Aaron Rodgers, maybe, you know, Aaron Rodgers, maybe he might have this Aaron to Aaron connection because the running back Aaron Jones, he's certainly a capable receiver out of the backfield in that same manner as like what Tevin Coleman is to the Niners. I mean, he's very versatile enough. I mean, keep in mind, he had 16 touchdowns in the regular season. Uh, but you get what I'm saying that this secondary should contain these Packers by by, by theory, you know? Oh, for sure. By theory, on paper, they, you know, Niners have been glaring advantage over it, so holy fuck, man. Like, they, it does have to be, like, a damn near perfect game for Packers to have a chance. But you never know. Anything happens, you know, Chris, Jimmy does have a habit to, you know, throw interceptions at long time, so hopefully he needs to play a perfect game, too. I mean, this is not, um, you know, a it's not a game to slouch on. Okay. Well, do you, have, do you have anything to say about this defense? Because we can switch to offense whenever you're ready. Do you have? Do the offense. Okay. So, you know, when the Niners have the football, what do they do well against the Packers? Well, I mean, you saw it against the Vikings, and you saw what they've been doing all all damn season. I mean, they run the ball, and they run the ball very well. Uh, there's this offensive line. You have Joe Saley this time around. They're healthy. They did very well against the Vikings. Um, you saw George Kittle block very well against the Vikings, and you're probably going to see a little bit more of that. You're going to see traps. You're going to see uh, motions. You're going to see jet sweeps. You're going to see counters. Um, you know, this is not a uh, old-school power O type of running offense, but they're a one-cut zone read scheme, and, and they do it very well. Uh, and if the Niners – let's just say this. You know, if the Niners can get up to an early lead – and rest on their run game, then then it's over. It, it really is over. Like I, I feel that confident about this run game. Uh, another thing that kind of glares out for me too is, well, these Packers when it comes to their linebackers, especially in coverage. I mean, they don't have Anthony Barr. They don't have Eric Kendricks with the Vikings. I mean, they have yeah, fucking Blake Martinez. You know. George Kittle had like yeah. seven catches at 160 yards and a touchdown last time. He he killed them in coverage, right? Mm-hmm. So, That's, yeah, it's gonna be you know especially Shady the way that he likes to call games, a bunch of slants up the middle, Kittle up the middle, Debo loves the middle. It's gonna be a long day for those linebackers. Yeah, man, and I think there's certainly. Plenty of potential for yards after contacts, yards after the catch, whether it's Kittle, Juszczyk, Debo. I mean, these are some physical guys where, you know, defenders just don't want to tackle these guys. It, it's hard. It's hard. You, you know, usually when you hit them, they hit you back. And you've seen that time after time with Kittle and with Debo. So I'll be really intrigued to see how they do. You know, George Kittle last week, he had like, what, three catches for 16 yards. He was more so involved in the run game. But I could see this being a, another George Kittle game. And, you know, I just, like I said, the, the Vikings were a much better team in pass coverage. Uh, there was actually an interception that Kendricks did on Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't see that happening this time around. I think that these uh, these Packers in pass coverage, at least for the linebackers, and in the middle, that can be had. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, 
So, the one thing I will say about this Niners, you know, why would the Niners lose? Uh, what would be the one thing that would really fuck them over? And it's not even really a bit of a factor. It's just, Tip, check it out and, and tell me, tell me if I'm wrong. But you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, you saw last week. You know, he had a another interception. He's prone to do that, but he always tends to have when he has picks and turnovers. They always tend to be on the opponent's red zone area. And so, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo has, you know, like a two-fumble, one-interception type of game, and for the battle of field position, if you give Aaron Rodgers red zone positioning early on, that can certainly happen. Uh, another thing that comes to mind with this Niners run game is, you know, you know, guys, don't quote me on this, but they, ha- I think they had like, what, 15, 16 fumbles this year between the running backs. Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, they're all subject to error. You know, they have random fumbles at, at weird times. If you guys saw that Steelers game, and I know that's been a long time, that was like, what, week three of the season? But, you know, it's 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 possible. You know, this, this battle for field position, and if you put this Packers offense in the right spot, it could happen. That's all I'm saying, guys. Tf, am I am I wrong for for thinking that? No, for sure not. And that's that's just the nature of football. There's going to be errors. If the turnovers happen, um, to all the best players. So, you know, we have to be prepared for that. And I know that the, I mean, we as in the fans have to be prepared for that. And the 49ers as a team, I'm sure, they're prepared for that. So they. They made it this far to earn the spot, and then so did the Packers. So, but, but anything can happen. Crazy interceptions, fumbles, mismaps, whatever it is. It's just we have to really minim, you know, minimize those, virtually zero, and execute a perfect game as well. And I think you know Kyle Shanahan, the staff, these veteran players, whether it's Richard Sherman, Joe Staley, Emmanuel Sanders, like those that have been in the postseason, those that have been in the Super Bowl. You know, I, I would hope that they get their younger players not only amped up, but sharp, humbled, uh, even killed for this game. I hope they don't get this game past them to think about Miami. Because, you know, rematches are a thing where you don't necessarily get the same outcome. It wasn't too long ago, a couple years back, where the Patriots killed the Jets, and the Jets in the playoffs... Killed the Patriots. I mean, shit like that happens all the time. It happens all the time, guys. Mm-hmm. So, another, co- you know, before we kind of wrap up this podcast, I mean, a couple other random thoughts as we go into Sunday. Tee up. I mean, Quan Alexander, he had zero tackles last week. Uh, he was there, but he kind of wasn't. He was. You know, he, he was he was strong side. He was a Sam linebacker. He usually plays weak side Will. But, you know, they were kind of getting him in the mix. And, you know, when the Vikings were behind, they didn't really run the football. So you didn't really see him on base downs. I mean, do you expect, um, you know, Tukwiski? Do you expect Quan Alexander? Do you expect D4? These guys that are kind of getting back into the mix. I mean, um, do you think that they'll be better this time around? Or do you think they'll try to ease him back in again? I, I think they're going to be better this time around. And the reason why I say that is because Quan may have been 
a little nerve, you know, a little shaking off the rest, but I think he has a better idea of what to expect and how his body re- reacts. And same with Hart. And I think there should be a, you know, a more planned out game plan, especially for the defense and a lot more, I guess, not as dimensional as Minnesota is. So, but still a game that they're going to be required for them to be on their toes. Okay. So I do expect a better game from both of them. I think so too. I mean, it's just one of those things where uh, I think they just had to break the ice, you know, get back on the field, get some contacts, you know, uh, honestly get a good sweat in because you can only practice for so much to get, you know, real time game simulation. So that, yeah, I, I expect that as well. Um, another right. thought, another thought too is, you know, it's playoff time. They're in the NFC Championship game. I know Richard Sherman usually mans the left side of the field, and he only stays there exclusively. Um, but, you know, unlike the Vikings, the Vikings have Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. They, they, you know, they have a couple of playmakers where you can— Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph. But, you know, the, the Packers, I, I'm just saying, they really only have Devontae Adams as a receiver. You have Aaron Jones in the backfield. A little bit of, of Jimmy G, Jimmy Graham in the middle, but— Honestly, I'm the only guy I'm really scared about is is Devontae Adams. I mean, uh, if you're Robert Sala, uh, do you just? I mean, it's NFC Championship time. Do you have Richard Sherman's shadow, Devontae Adams, or do you keep it kosher and keep him on the left side? I think they're going to keep. I would keep Sherman on the left side, and then just have Jimmy Ward just help out on with uh, Devontae Adams. And I do trust Mosley. I'm I'm all in on 41. He he's been playing some great ball lately. Really? Okay. Okay. So you feel you don't think they're gonna pick on Mosley? I mean, I know. Yeah, I mean, of that, course they are. Yeah, and all the time. <laughs> I think that's part of the game of football where you make adjustments. But I think our defense is just uh, just firing at such a high level right now where you can trust your number two DP and then have your have your safety help out. Okay. Uh, and then another train of thought too, and this will be my last question to you. I mean, Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, you know, it's a, it's a young staff, uh, but it seems like, you know, I I feel that they have a couple of tricks up their sleeves. I mean, what's what's one thing you think that the Niners defense have to be mindful of? I mean, I don't know. It just has it has a weird. They're pretty damn calm. They're not really. It seems like they know something or they have something up their sleeves where maybe we should be a little bit more careful. I mean, is there something that Niners should... I don't know. It's kind of an open-ended question, but, you know, is there something in particular that kind of worries you or that Niners should be careful about, Thomas? Mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron Jones, for sure, the running game. If they get that running game going, it's just going to set up the, the pass. So they definitely have to stop that early. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers, man, I mean, he, he's able to create these crazy, uh, crazy throws and the wide receivers. Like we just saw last week, Devontae Adams, he was able to uh, make a correction with the route, and Aaron Rodgers was still able to find him. You know, it wasn't part of the play. So Green Bay is such a dynamic team, and they're able to adjust because they have such a high level elite quarterback, and the wide receivers are able to do that. And I think we might be, we might see from that, especially when it comes to desperate mode. 
where they need a score. Like, Mount Lafleur, I, I think he's going to dial it up. Okay. Okay. You? What do you think? You know, I, I think for them, I think it's more so uh, they can't, you know, I've been saying this the, the whole pod. I mean, they just can't shoot themselves in the foot. I think that they need to execute. I think that Jimmy G can't be pressing. I don't think that, uh, you know, he, even you saw last week, he, uh, he kind of forced some throws down the middle. Um, I think that they just need to play their game, um, not necessarily uh kind of go away from it they're the better team they're at home you know keep an even keel you know i think that the mm-hmm. Packers, you know even if the packers do come out aggressive i think that they just need to stay the course uh trust in their pass rush and just you know let the game come to them uh, because i think if they can limit their turnovers if they can play what they need to do defensively run the football well I think eventually they're going to break through. I think that Jimmy G will get in play action opportunities, and I think he will find the pay dirt. But he can't be too overzealous, let's just say that. Because I think that, you know, with that first drive, he did very well against the Vikings. But after that, I felt that he was trying to, you know, really put them in, in some tight windows. And, you know, it, it's good. It, you know, it's certainly admirable, but uh, I would be mindful of that because that's the last thing I want to do is giving Aaron Rodgers good field position in the red zone off a turnover. Yep. So, all right, let's, all right. uh, let's go ahead and bring it home. So Niners over under 46, uh, 46, 46 and a half. Niners favored by seven and a half. TF, are they going to Miami? What's the score? I think the Niners are going to pull it off. I think we're Niners are going to Miami. And they're going to extend the season just for two more weeks. I'm going to go 49ers, 34, Packers, 24. 34 to 24. Ten points to cover the spread. I like it. I like it. I'm on that same vibe with you. It's pretty much one and the same. I'm thinking 31 to 17. I think that once they get it up to two scores, they're going to ride. They're going to run. And they're going to ride into the sunsets. They are going to be Miami bound, which is something that, you know, a couple of seasons ago, actually just even last season when Jimmy G tore his ACL and they had four wins, no one saw this coming. I didn't see this coming. You you didn't see this coming. Even the biggest homer didn't see this coming. But as of right now, you know, having the Niners as the number one seed in the NFC and seven and a half point favorites, uh, they are... They are rightfully the favorite team to go to the Super Bowl. And as long as they maintain that poise and continue to play their game, yeah, it's going to happen, man. That is a fact. Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Okay, so we have Niners winning, going to Miami to advance in the Super Bowl and represent the NFC Conference. Just real quick, we don't have to even talk about it in particular, but the Chiefs, Titans, the Chiefs are hosting the Titans at Kansas City. Their favorite, oh, it's the same spread, actually. It's the Chiefs' favorite by 7.5, over under 53. DeMarco Murray obviously has been rushing for, like, what, over 180 yards the last two games, and he is pretty much putting the fucking team on his back right now. 
they beat the, the Ravens and they are, you know, they are surging right now. But conversely, the Chiefs, I mean, they were down 24-0 and they made arguably the biggest comeback in postseason history, at least in my, in my time. Uh, crazy. You know, they won like 51-31 to 31 last week against uh, the Texans. Uh, what is your prediction on this game, or what's your what's your thoughts? Man, I'm kind of torn. I want the Mariners to play the Chiefs. Then again, it's like I don't want to see the Titans. And, uh, you know, it's just the Titans. But I, Titans might be the better team. But that's a big might. But I'm still gonna roll with the Chiefs. I think um, I'm gonna go. 30, I'm going to go, let's go 40 to 28. 40 to 28. Chiefs? Chiefs. Yeah, that's an interesting game. I think, it'd be a, a tighter game, but I, I think, you know, the Chiefs will pull away. They'll, they'll win by two scores. Uh, give me like, Give me 31-21, right at the spread. No. 31-21, uh, you know, this this is a game, first half early on, but then eventually I think the Chiefs will open up their offense, they'll get hot, Mahomes will do Mahomes things, and yeah, you'll, you'll see him in the Super Bowl. And if you see the Niners and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I mean, you have Kyle Shanahan and you have Andy Reid. From an X's and O's perspective, that is really good football that is really intriguing football almost to the capacity of like what sean mcveigh and uh andy reed a couple of seasons back where you know we were talking about the future of nfl offenses but maybe it's not sean mcveigh maybe it's kyle shanahan and his um zone blocking scheme his play action his versatility versus andy reed and his you know uh open offense his high octane offense with uh patrick mahomes tyreek hill um or four two speedsters. I mean, it's, it's that should be a really fun matchup. I think that will be one of the better matchups um, to start the decade for twenty twenty. I can't believe it's already twenty twenty, but that's one hell of a start to the season of twenty twenty football. For sure, no doubt. All right, man. So to our listeners, thank you so much for checking out the pod. Whether you check it out on Spotify or iTunes, continue to check us out on Twitter at Just the West. Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Till next time, we out here. Peace.